We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, 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 now this the black sheep sticking it to him, I need a crib like I'm Gatsby, I need it in hand, just understand my pocket's that deep, with nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do, and it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose, you see they told me I'm the one that's gonna benefit, what's good everybody, welcome back to Veterans Minimum, the number one sports betting vibe on the internet, I'm your delightful host. Nick Dayas, at Nick Dayas, 10 as we can find me, all things Veterans Minimum, or at Veterans Minimum. Big ups to all of you, November and December, monster, monster numbers for the pod, uh, surpa- surpassed more downloads, George, and you're in the podcast space, so you know how know. much that, how important that word is, downloads. Yes. But the show did more downloads in November and December than it did March to October. That's substantial growth. Dude. Yeah. And you've been you've been keeping me in the loop. I mean, we work in the same industry, like, hard. So, uh, those amount of downloads, I only see on a couple of shows, dude. Like, really. And to know that I'm helping uh, be a part of, like, this this wave and this change. Like, I'm, I'm fired up. And I think the people are fired up, too. And uh, there's a lot of important information that we're going to be giving the people today that you know, is the reason why they're staying around. Yeah, and there's a lot, a lot to discuss. I mean, where do we start? Do we start with the awards? Do we start with what's happening in college? Do we start oh with God, college football? <clears throat> like fuck college football. Do we start with week 18? You know, stardom, sit them. Like, what is what is your thought? Actually, let's start there. This is an overarching question I have for you. Okay. This is one of the most difficult weeks to bet on, in my opinion, because there's a lot of uncertainty with teams resting guys, teams playing guys on snap limits, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of treating it like a week three, traditional week three preseason game. Right. And I don't know what the right answer is, but I do know that in the past, you've seen it happen. Teams like San Francisco, teams like Baltimore now, who are the one seed. Dude, the next time you're going to play is going to be the divisional round. And if you're resting week 18, that's week 18 and the wild card. That's about three weeks until you're playing yep. competitive football yet. Yep. So what's your what's your thought process with week 18? Being a man who loves momentum and who really, I, I favor momentum more than anything heading into the playoffs. Um, 
And I, I think I will find some stats that help prove that, but picking teams that are maybe playing a one or two seed, all right, but they're getting points and they've been playing important games for the last month and a half. I value that heavy. And so a team like the Lions, who could have secured a lot of things by defeating the Cowboys, now that they've lost, it's Dan Campbell's already announced saying that we are playing our starters the whole game because I think he also knows that the players' rust is like a real thing. And you know you're going to be playing that week after. So, um, no, I'm I'm fired up. I, I think that if you are a team like the 49ers, that worries me. Um, because the 49ers, we, we've experienced this with them. Uh, when you're off for three weeks and then all of a sudden you start getting into violent collisions and you're, if you don't practice hard, which I, I really will uh, re- rely on the beat writers, right, to, to tell us how those teams are practicing leading up to the week because if they're practicing soft, dude, that's how Brock Purdy got hurt, you know, and that was a team that was not prepared. So those are the types of situations that I'm looking for. How do you feel about it? <clears throat> I think one of the dumbest and not, not that what you said is dumb, but one of the the dumbest approaches I think to week 18 is betting in favor of the team that needs to win to make the playoffs. Right. Just be careful. Right. All I'm saying is pursue with caution and be careful because there are a lot of examples of a classic, ah, this team got nothing to play for versus a team wins and they win their division or they make the playoffs with a win. And the one that always jumps on my mind, the Colts were a 15-point favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. Week 17, well, yeah, week 18, 17, when Carson Wentz was the quarterback, and they lost. Right. Jaguars had none to play for. Colts win, you're in the playoffs, and the amount of teasers and parlays and is everything. I don't know if people were taking the 15 points. There's a lot on the road also. But... I would just be careful because one cool thing that the NFL has done, and I don't know the exact year that they did this, George, but I remember vividly week 17 in 07, the Giants ended the year in the regular season against the Patriots. Remember that was 16 and 0. Yeah. 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 Played in MetLife. And then that game sort of propelled the Giants into thinking like, yo, this, we got nothing to play for. We're the five seed. This team got to play for everything to go undefeated. And they barely beat us. It was a one possession game. The reason why I'm mentioning that is because, you know, it's been pretty rocky for the Giants. So if I have a chance to talk about the good old days, I'm gonna. <laughs> but on a serious note, that's the last time that I remember it not being divisional matchups to end the year. Mm-hmm. And it makes a lot of sense because now Washington, Dallas, they hate each other. Yep. Philly Giants, they hate each other. All these matchups, there's uh, animosity. A really important one for me, uh, Bucks taking on the Panthers. Yeah. In Carolina. In Carolina. So you could play spoiler. And if you're in division, This is where I think the NFL did an amazing job of making these games be division games because now the team with no motivation, Tennessee Titans, right? Titans are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jaguars finally get a win. If they win this game, they win the division and they make the playoffs. There's an outside chance that they could lose this game and still make the playoffs. But if you're Tennessee, why not play spoiler? Mm -hmm. And that's what Vrabel does. Exactly. And that's what a lot of, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you highlighted it because I hadn't really made that connection that they went divisional games to end the year. I mean, the Saints are playing the Falcons. Like this week 
is going to be intense. And then that's not even to mention, Nick, all the incentives uh, that players are playing for this week. And so would you put that more in like the forefront of your mind when you're putting in your bets this weekend? Well, you're in a weird situation. Should you tell the people? Should you tell the people you're holding off? Because you, you, you got a lot of futures locked up right now. Yeah. And again, futures are such a interesting conversation to have with people because people don't want to put $200 on the team to win the Super Bowl in August. And then your money is tied up until yep. right around now. And dude, I have a good amount of money. Um, a lot of money for my standards on futures. Oh, that makes the fans happy. And it's, and look, some of them, some of them, I mean, all of them you guys know of because every time I say that I'm going to bet something on here, I go and I do it. So we got bills to make the playoffs, bills to win the AFC, bills to win the AFC East, bills to win the Super Bowl. And then on the NFC side, I got a couple bills, Dallas. I got a couple uh, Eagles, Bills, Niners, Bills, like a lot of Bills love, right? If the mm -hmm. Bills can make the Super Bowl. I just took just a flyer. Tell me what you think about this. Okay. It's pretty dumb. But I like, uh, as a wrestling fan, I like fantasy booking. Mm -hmm. Big storyline guy. Browns, Niners in the Super Bowl. Joe Flacco, right? It's the one team Baltimore does I mean, not want to play, bro. Oh, 100%. Nobody wants to play the Browns right now. Yeah. I mean, they got the comeback player of the year on their team. Yeah, yeah, Hold off on that. Hold oh, off. I know, on. I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm that. sprinkling it in. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, by the way, 2010 is when they changed it to divisional matchups to end the year. Okay. Just looked it up. So just to clarify what everyone. So. Damn, it's been that way for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I Dude, I felt like it was like four it. years ago, right? Yeah. No, when you said it, I was like. Oh, it just happened. <laughs> yeah. The other, like the other day, it just happened. <laughs> but no, nah, it's just since 2010. So. With all that being said, right, like what I did, and it's not a New Year's resolution because I'm definitely going to be degenning with the best of them and the rest of them. But I kind of took out all my money from my betting accounts and I kind of just like, I got these futures that are tied into some big money now that there's nothing I could logically bet and have a chance to win on, George, that could equate to what that. the futures could potentially be. I feel that, my friend. So, and, and everyone knows I'm a 50 to $100 better, but I like hitting futures relatively big. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Puka still got some legs, offensive rookie of the year. MVP has crashed and burned. Um, RIP. RIP to the, that ticket. And RIP to our, uh, not, to that, not to him, whoa. but like to, to the concept of that, to the concept of this guy walking. Debo Samuels hit three touchdowns. He just said, oh, <laughs> the guy, <laughs> the guy that walked by that iconic video as we were talking about McCaffrey MVP. So, yeah, man, like, look, I just think I got a couple of Super Bowl matchups. And as long as Buffalo goes on to, to, to win this week, um, they got a big game going into Miami to play. And. That's why, like, I don't, I don't think you need to bet every week. And and now I'm just gonna write it out, and hopefully, you know, I have a, I have a Bills, Bills Niners, Bills Cowboys, Bills Eagles. So if the Bills make it to the AFC title game and they happen to play one of them two, right there, I would hedge, right? right? Like there, I would maybe put a couple hundred dollars or thousand dollars on Baltimore money line. Yeah, I'm gonna have to lay juice, uh -huh. but that's why these futures are pretty dope around this time of year. So I'm just. I'm just going to ride out, but we'll definitely have uh, in the Patreon and all the picks that we're making. No Bills Lions. I didn't hear a single Bills and Lions will make it to the Super Bowl. No, no, no. Because I think the Lions get bounced in the first game if they play the Rams. They're playing really well right now, Nick. 
I, I don't know if you, you, you watch the game in detail. They're playing man defense. They were robbed. They were robbed. And were they robbed? Absolutely. Yeah. I like where the offense is at. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think they're there. I think they're a team that was not going to get bounced. Come on now. They're, they're playing, playing the win. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, and that's what you need to do in the NFL, son. It's fun. Some of these potential match matchups are going to be so, so dope, bro. Oh, I know. Like Rams, Rams, Lions. Rams, anybody is yeah. going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty tough not to, to yeah. bet on that. But I mean, yeah, you're going to sit there in the corner and you're going to watch. Uh, really quick. And I know this, this kind of plays into the Bills, uh, Dolphins. Did you see Tyreek's Hill house? Yeah, I heard down? about that. That's crazy. I mean, I didn't see any videos of, like, the house on fire and stuff, but I saw him, and he's in a boot. Uh, he was, like, in a boot outside with his wife, and that was that was nuts, dude. So, um, Bill's Mafia, like, calm down, all right? Like, please, like, relax. Like, this man has got a wife and a, a lot riding on this next game. He is, uh, what is it here, 248 yards for the NFL record? Yeah. And a divisional game to win the division to put your stamp on your hall of fame career mm. house burns down bill bill's mafia goes a little too crazy earlier in the week and then he torches him oof and then on the on the third touchdown that he scores he like extinguishes like the field goal post it's compelling. I don't know. That it's sounds compelling. pretty. That sounds compelling. I will say you need to be worried if you're Miami because Tua struggles against Buffalo. I think they're one in five in his career against mm. the Buffalo Bills. And that's not good. Look right now, and what's fascinating about this matchup is that you have two teams going in two different directions. And based on how the show is going, we'll just do the awards at the end. Um, the AFC East Championship Sunday Night Football. It's a Sunday Night Football game this week, mm-hmm. and Look, since week 13, Miami's offense has been kind of subpar. Have been saying all year that that 70-point game sort of inflated the rest of their points per game. And right. Yard. The perception of, of what that offense was. Mm-hmm. I like to think that you got two teams going in opposite directions. Buffalo's getting healthy. Miami is banged up with injuries. They lost Bradley Chubb and Jalen yeah. Phillips in the last month. Yeah. Uh crucial crucial players on their defense and now just going to be out and it sucks for both of them because they were both in contract years and then when you look at buffalo you know what was really alarming von miller was a healthy scratch last week what was that what or was it listen man stuff? he hasn't it's not contract stuff but he hasn't been good this year and i don't know if it's something that they're saving him for you know come that is time. true man i like, mean frank is, clark yeah, like, bro, he, he's, I could be wrong. Playoff Von Miller. Right now, he has no sacks this year. That just seems, it seems wrong, but I'm on pro football reference right now. And this season, he has no sacks. He has two solo tackles in 11 games. Hmm. And they paid him a lot. They gave him a lot of money. You know, it was funny when he got, he got that contract. They were talking about how, oh, he, he put up a video and he was like, Bill's Mafia. I'm so happy it was you. It's like, yeah, $140 million also helps. <laughs> yeah, dude. Come on. Now. Or 120 whatever it is he got. So, look, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, Six-year 120. Yeah. 45, that was fully a, guaranteed at signing. 
That was a rough. They're saving him. I I hope. I hope if you're yeah. and if you're investing, I hope and, and like yo, Von, it could be something where like come playoff time they uh, unleash Von Miller and I think this matchup, it it favors it favors Buffalo a lot, and the one thing you got to worry about Buffalo because it seems to happen every game, the Josh Allen turnover, and I think what's really important is you put a lot of pressure on your defense when I feel like the defense now just goes out there and says yeah he's gonna turn the ball over because. It's yeah, what makes him great. Right. But I think the issue is when you do have that turnover, is it like a 14-point swing? Like, right. Is it a turnover where you're inside the red zone and then the other team goes down and scores? Not a pick six, but right. that's a 14-point swing there. You're about to put up seven. Instead, you don't, and now they put up seven. The 60-yard bomb that gets intercepted. We'll live with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do understand what you're saying. And the defense has reacted accordingly because they've had to. But I think he's starting to clean it up a little bit, man. Like, he he honestly has not been making in these past couple of weeks, like, boneheaded, like, oh, that was a Josh Allen. Uh, similar to, like, what Carson Wentz was doing for a while there, where it was literally a meme. Like, what? how how crazy is Carson Wentz going to get today? He's, he's polished it up enough uh, to make this game compelling, I was looking this up because I saw it, and I don't know if you had you could break it down a little bit better. There's a chance the Bills could not make the playoffs. Yeah. So who who needs to lose with it? Because there's a whole article. I'm not going through this whole thing. It's they would lose to the Dolphins, and then there's there's a lot. It's pretty unlikely, but in order for them to miss the playoffs, they would need to lose, and then. I mean, bro, it's uh, Jaguars loss or tie. It's a lot of like ties. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. It's, that is confusing. Is <clears throat> That is super confusing. Uh, but that's not going to happen. Colts not to tie. Steelers to win. Jaguars to win or tie. And then Buffalo can lose and, and not make the play. But like. It's it's really interesting, though, because they could miss the playoffs or be the two seed. And I think. It's going to be crazy because the path for Buffalo, the path for Buffalo is they win this game on Sunday. They're the two seed. Then next week they host, you know, Houston or Indy, probably going to be a seven or eight point favorite. Right. You beat them. You have Cleveland beat the winner of the AFC South because that's the four or five matchup. Like no matter what, Cleveland is in there. For sure. And then you have KC win their game because they're going to be at home. I don't want to get too crazy. I still think KC is going to win at home, especially when they're playing like a Colts or, well, if they play Miami, that'll be interesting. It'll be super interesting if that happens because that's that's a matchup that I think goes down if Buffalo ends up winning the division. The 3-6 would be Kansas City and Miami. Tyree right. Kill Revenge going to play them in in Arrowhead because when they played in the regular season, that game was in Germany. Right. So. Whack. <clears throat> that was whack. I think that, yeah, that was super whack. Um, I think the the potential for for Buffalo is it's crazy because their ceiling is like the most you know like they can yeah but doesn't this lend to a, a a bigger question in which shouldn't just the best seven records make it that you know is something that I can see the NFL doing but it would have to be either like a team like the Bills or it'd have to be a team like the Cowboys that would cry baby it up you know. Like, how can this possibly happen? You know what I yeah. mean? We had a big, way better record. And then the NFL could possibly make a change. 
I think the NFL is looking for it anyways, right? Why not make it eight teams on both sides? They're, they're saving themselves in a couple of years here to expand the playoffs and then, you know. I don't know, bro. I don't know if I agree with that. Maybe go one through eight. I don't know if I agree with that because, like, Bills Colts is going to excite you because that that's what the two seven matchup would be if if Buffalo goes on to win this week, right? That's going right. to be your matchup. So like that's what excites you. Like I don't know, is that no number seven seed has won yet, and it's it a pretty it's it's you know like it was like Chicago and the Saints a couple of years ago, right. right? Like it's not it's not compelling, but it's a case that I've made for many years where you look at Philly, Philly potentially might be 12 and five. They're going to have to play a road game against a nine and 18. Right. Like, but that's the perk of winning your division, but then it's not fair. You know, like it's not fair that you gotta, you win, you win all these games and then you just so happen to be in a division where a team won 13 wins. Yeah. And now you got to go on the road. So I agree with you, but then it rewards you for winning your division. And you saw yeah. it last year. Look, Dallas went into Tampa Bay and blew them out. That was one of my favorite bets, Tampa Bay plus three and a half, and they got smoked. So could be the same thing with Philly this year. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward, though, to the incentives. I know I had hinted at it. I saw a couple. Can I list off one that I, that I liked? Yeah. So, Dude, I'll- I've been talking about incentives, like, before it was a thing. Yo, I used to do a show with my boy Impy, shouts to Impy, <clears throat> called Degeneration Bets. At the time when I was recording Veterans Minimum, mm-hmm. and it was predominantly a sports show with some of the other guys I used to do the show with, uh, I started doing a sports betting show called Degeneration Bets. And it was like 2016, 2017. And bro, we hit a crazy like 75 to 1 parlay where we just took incentives, like catches, yards, touchdowns <clears throat> for all these guys. And eventually it became like now ESPN covers it and it was no longer shady. Right. It's like, yo bro, you know, if Mike Evans is, yo, Mike Evans needs eight catches for half a million dollars. You know, his, his prop is six and a half, seven and a half is plus one twenty. Oh shit. No, the books know bro. Well now they know now it's no longer a secret, but you have a couple that are interesting and there's some that are kind of outrageous. Right, like Odell, for example. Odell oh, needs. Well, I was going to hit that. One. That's the Go. one. All right, guy, yeah. yeah, I don't want to steal you. No, 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 no. I got Austin Eckler afterwards. So oh, o- Odell needs. Odell. Odell needs five catches for a two hundred fifty thousand dollars bonus. But do you run the risk? Right, Lamar is probably not going to play anyway. I don't think they play Lamar because this game is meaningless. No matter what, they're the one seed. They're not playing. It's Tyler Huntley, dude. Yeah, and they got a Pro Bowl quarterback as their backup. Whoa. You got you to fucking play the Pro Bowl quarterback when you got him at the backup spot, bro. Damn right. Lamar better watch out. Tyler Huntley's been trying to take his job. Damn right. All year, dude. Saying I'm I'm Pro Bowl quarterback, bro. So there's a there's a couple like that. Like what happens? You know, he needs two touchdowns for another 250k. Then. I think this is where I think you could get some leverage. Nelson Aguilar. Mm. He's probably going to start this week. Probably not going to play Flowers, Bateman, Odell. Probably be Aguilar. Yep. And like a a Duvernay. Yep. 58 yards. Gets another half a million. Quarter million, excuse me. Nelson? Yeah, Nelson Aguilar. So I would look, if I'm doing incentives this week, I would look to the backups that have a chance of some serious money. Because, like, I don't know how much Nelson Aguilar is going to make this year. I know 250K is going to probably help him. I mean, it'll, it'll help uh, yeah, a lot of people. Yes. So, 
those are the kind of things. Like Joe Mixon, he's playing in a game this week where they play Cleveland. He scores two touchdowns. He wins $100,000. Cincinnati has nothing to play for. Cleveland's probably not going to play anyone. What would that put it for the year? Do you know? To say how many touchdowns that is for him? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to. Because I always find that to be interesting. Like how they can predict these numbers so well based on So like Joe Mixon system. got eight touchdowns this year so far. So two would get him to 10. 10, yeah. So he probably had an incentive of 10 touchdowns wins you, you know, here's your bonus. And, you know, a lot of players, a lot of players get that. And back in the summer, remember when I was talking about D-Hop going to Kansas City, which that would have been nice. Right. You sign D-Hop for like $5 million base salary and you tell him, yo, bro, with incentive, you could get to 20. Teams do this shit all the time. Yeah. It's like. All right, you're probably going to get 75 catches, so we'll give you another two mil. Yep. You're going to get 1,000 yards. Here's another two mil. Get double-digit touchdowns. Here's three mil. And before you know it, See, and a, I standard, think- a, a standard year for D-Hop now with Mahomes, he probably gets these incentives. But that's what I'm saying as far as this. these guys are still business people. I think they present it. Like, the way you just presented it, you'll prob- you're most likely going to do this. You're so good. And these players get suckered into that shit without, like, really – you know, having to break down the math and, you know, getting to know from the the OC, like how many times are we going to run a deep ball? You know what I mean? So you brought up D-Hop. D-Hop needs seven receptions for a quarter mil. This upcoming game, that gets him to 75 receptions, 49 yards for a quarter mil and two touchdowns. Did you read all those off? I haven't yet, but these bastards at the sports books have not put them up yet. No shit. Yeah. Well, okay. Are you on the Action Network? No, I'm or, on. I'm on. Like you know, you just you're proving. Even though I called them bastards, shouts to Wager Attack, the official odds provider for <laughs> Veterans Minimum. They haven't put these props up <clears throat> on the DraftKings of the world and FanDuel. They're they're gonna wait, bro. They're gonna wait because they're gonna do their research. And now they know. They know for a fact that. Would you say? What would you say he needed? So seven seven catches, seven catches, <clears throat> forty nine yards, two touchdowns, and he gets seven hundred fifty k. Yeah, so they'll probably have his two t- two TD anytime. A lot that later. would normally be thirteen to one. That's probably going to be six yeah. plus six hundred, right? Where his his yardage mark, right? Uh, forty nine yards, I think, would be pretty low for his standards, but they'll probably give you. You know, 65 and a half minus mm-hmm. 200 to the over. Right. You know, like right. shit like that is what they're going to do. And, and look, man, that's why early on and people that are listening to this that are sports bettors, they used to love this week. I used to love this week. In Daily Fantasy, used to love this week. Would make lineups that was all incentive based. Because I had Will Blackman on the show when I mm-hmm. used to do the show, I should say, with Will. I would ask him, I'd be like, yo, bro, do, do you guys in the locker room know? He's like, fuck yeah, we know, bro. Guys would come up to the quarterback and be like, dude, you know, I need four catches, right? Yeah, you send him like a box. You send his wife some roses. You get the kids, yeah. uh, you know, out of the house. I'll pay for a babysitter. You guys go to a steak dinner. Right, right. You know, you treat the quarterback nice that week. But that's what that's what was dope when I would do that show with Will because I would always think of these scenarios in my head. And he's like, bro, the players, yeah, we knew that. There's the famous video of Gronk goes up to Brady when he's with the Bucks. He's like, yo, one more catch. I make a million dollars. He's like, Tommy, I'm gonna need it. What they do? They threw a quick little out route. Yep. Like at it was the line like, of oh, yeah, it was an arrow. It was yeah. an arrow. Yeah, the arrow. Yeah. That's it. 
Got a million dollars there. I just watched uh, on the way over here a compilation of players hitting their contract ex- incentives, and it's just great, bro. It's a, uh, it's the third quarter, like seven minutes left to go. A team's getting blown out. Dude catches a slant and just gets fired up in the middle, bro. Like spins the ball. You know the sidelines kind of going crazy. This is where you get the best of uh, players and the fans, too, because, like, I think even the fans know going in, like, the true diehard NFL fans are like, all right, where can we save some money here? You know what I mean? I think, you know, if, if, they, if they're, if they like, penny pinching. Let me hit you with uh, two more here on incentives to pay attention to. 74 yards for Devin Singletary gets him $125,000. So Devin Singletary playing a meaningful game against the Colts. He's been playing amazing this year. Great pickup. I think they over-under set at probably like 69, mm-hmm. 69 and a half. Uh, and then the last one I'll give you is Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler needs 110 yards for 100K. And that's from scrimmage. So he gets it. I think, I think Austin Eckler for sure hits his and Devin Singletary hits his. Austin Eckler goes from being the touchdown king two years in a row to nobody, nobody will know, you know, nobody will know his name. He's forgotten. Like this year really made Austin Eckler forgotten. Well, the issue is he's going to be 29 years old heading into next year. Mm -hmm. And um, it's crazy to think that like 28, 29, you're washed up as a running back. He's got high mileage. Dude, you're right. Back-to-back years, he led the NFL in touchdowns, and he hasn't gotten paid from the Chargers. And again, I've said this so many times, bro. There's not a position in professional sports that I'm more of a hypocrite with than when it comes to running back. Like The Chargers are doing the right thing by not paying him, but he should get his money. I feel the same way about Saquon. felt right. the same way about every running back. Get your money by any means. Because your shelf life is what you're seeing now with players like this. By any means means... <clears throat> Going to Buffalo. Yeah, go to like Buffalo. There's or- some places where it's just like you're constantly going to have players that are willing to sacrifice. I mean, it's living in San Diego as opposed to, I mean, we all see the videos of the Bills players shoveling their cars out of yeah. snow from a road trip. You're just not going to get them to stay out there. However, they may pay him the bag. James Cook's doing good this year, though. Now, remember when I told you how be careful with winning your in scenarios versus a team that has nothing to play for scenario. Right. There's an incentive in one of the games that backs the team to win and make the playoffs. It was Jordan Love earns half a million dollars mm. if the Packers make the playoffs. And all the Packers need to do is beat Chicago and they're in. And in the event that they lose, which you never want to be, right? You never want to be a team that, oh, fuck, we lost. But now what is New Orleans and Buffalo and and Chicago doing, right? You never want to be that team. I like controlling my own destiny. It's my favorite shit about anything. Like, bro, if I know I can put in the work, I'll get successful in whatever it is I'm doing, cool. If I have to worry about George and Mike having to do their job, that drives me crazy. I like having control of, like, my outlook and success. Correct. With that said, I think this is a dope must-win and incentive combination with the Packers. insane, dude. So I think that one is really intriguing, and that's one that I think would be dope. And then on the flip side, on another team, uh, Seattle, 
Geno Smith. He has a $2 million incentive if they beat the Cardinals and then they have to do some scoreboard watching because right, right. they have to win and then Green Bay has to lose in order for him to make the playoffs. So, wow, <laughs> that Geno Smith one is pretty ridiculous. Now, Nick, I bring this up every year that contracts are brought up with players in sports betting. When you have an incentive for you to make the playoffs or to win the Super Bowl, that is a future bet. So why can't these players take the money that they would make from that incentive and be able to put it on themselves, like to, to double it and to give these books a run for their money? I've never thought about this and it, it gets me excited. Because, all right, if there's any easier path to allowing players to, to bet, this is the path. Yeah. They're already doing it in their contracts. So just take the 500K. And then just put it on us to make the playoffs anyways at a really good number early on in the season. And then here's the thing where, you know, the, the heads, the GM and the owner, they can take some of the winnings. You know what I mean? So in reality, they're not losing the money anyways. I don't know. It's just, uh, I like it, bro. It's just big brain George <clears throat> over here. I like it. I want to do a, take a break real quick to do an ad read for fly me out. And then we'll come back because I still, I want to stay on this topic a little bit, but let's do a read <clears throat> for Fly Me Out. So, listeners, do you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe? Let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bomb with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Dive into curated experiences, and with their platform, it's never been easier to find your tribe and see the globe. Don't just travel, make memories with Fly Me Out. Use code VM1 for expedited application review. That is Fly Me Out. Use code VM1 for expedited application review. And I'm working on something for us to do uh, a Fly Me Out in the summer. No, I'm ready for that. You yeah. know I'm ready for a trip, yeah, Especially dude. if we could get Buffalo and the Niners in the Super Bowl, <laughs> brother. Now we're talking. Then we're, we're, now, li- we're going to some... Uh, some steakhouses. Yeah, we're going to some steakhouses. I'm going to places where they don't speak English, and I'll be excited. We're going to places to get our feet rubbed. Yeah. And possibly other parts. Patreon exclusive for the other parts. But fly me out again. Shout out to Fly Me Out. VM1 for expedited application review. <clears throat> I am known for not being big into college sports. Oh, yes, you are not. I'm not I'm not guy. a big college guy. I'm going to have a dog in the race now. Shout outs to little little big bro. Little big bro. Arkansas. <laughs> this is an Arkansas, that, Razorbacks Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Now. If you guys aren't here for a little pig suey. Is that it? If you're not here for that, then let's go. Man. Get out of here. What are you doing? Let's go. Uh, yeah, I, that's your brother's a shit brick house. Yeah, he's been he's been lifting, bro. He we don't lift anymore. That's a that's the thing. Like, I I used to be able to keep up. With, now he's like benching like you know like three fifty. Like, he's active too, right? I, like yeah, of course. You just podcast now for a living. It's the argument I would make. With hey, people, like he does not want to see me on a typing test though. Okay, I, on a typing hey man, test. Listen, you have what you're good shit. at and what you're not good at, right? You 100%. know, like I tell people all the time. 100%. I'm like, dude, why am I gonna go and uh, squat four hundred fifty pounds when mm-hmm. 
this is what I do for a living. <laughs> like, what that is I, true. What do I prove? You know, like I mean, the lower half. You know, like you, we could be in our underwear right now. When I train, right now. when I train jujitsu, when I do a double, you know, a morning and a night, you get twenty rounds out of me, ten and ten. Yo, like, Nick, do some. No, no, no. This is this isn't IJB BFF whatever it's called. This isn't ADCC. I'm, I'm good, man. I do a pot. Like I'm fine. I'm trying not to get fat. <laughs> I'm trying to learn a little self-defense, you know, hit you with some shit, but it's not, it's not cool. Like, what am I training for? Uh, so <clears throat> it brings me to what you were saying about yes. how, like, you used to be able to, to lift, outlift them and all that shit. But yeah, here's the thing. I'm watching college football. Yes. I'm watching the college football playoff. And, you know, you had Michigan, you had Alabama, you had Texas, and you had Washington. And I started thinking, bro, and I don't know if anyone has had this take yet, so I'm definitely going to clip it. It's wild to me that UNLV is not the number one program in the country right now with NIL. Right? How, right. No, go into how do they not, if you're the, who's the athletic director for UNLV? It changes every three years. Yeah, so well, because, it, it's, because they're idiots no, uh, and they don't realize the, the gold mine that I'm about to tell them right now. Who's the, uh, Eric Harper? Is that who it is right now at the, at the moment? Shout out Eric Harper if it is Eric Harper. But like, bro, Go to these casinos and be yeah. like, hey, man, go I want off. I want $10 million from each of you. Let's go and get the number one recruit for every... Because now, now it's basically become a... It's an arms race. Oh, it is 100% an arms race. Right. There are some teams that financially just can't keep up, and that's why you have some of the best players that UNLV's had in a long time leaving. Yeah. And not only the best players that we've had, but local kids. Yeah. Kids that played at Liberty High School, kids that played at Las Vegas High School. Like, my brother did not get a single phone call from UNLV. Right. And then once the transfer portal thing opens up, he's like, they can't even afford me anyways. But here's the thing. They, they're all used car salesmen, right, Nick. And we have uh, really bad used car salesmen. So here's the thing that I'm going to – I brought a hat. Okay brought a hat and it's a it's a hat of me like yelling <laughs> and this just came in today from the studio so i'm about to go on a little fucking rant here you know the you said go to each casino and get 10 million dollars here's the thing these kids should be able to go eat for free wherever they want to go okay this is done at all these other schools so why not UNLV? not only that but free cars like partner up with a dealership. The Toyota dealership has literally sponsored UNLV for, I don't know, since I've been born. So why don't all the new players get brand new cars? Beyond that, you got to find the the income and the cash, right? I mean, the casinos are an easy one to go to, but let's not be immoral. We make a lot of money off of dispensaries, right? Okay, and so what? I, there's to me, there's a clean way of going about all these sources of income that at the end of the day, these companies put their money into a pact and all they're asking is for the athlete to go do media or to, to uphold a certain type of image and go out to events and read books to kids and shit like that. But nobody at UNLV has created the department or wanted to bring back what UNLV was in the nineties. I know you've probably heard the Jerry Tarkanian yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, the running rebels. Okay, the Jerry Tarkanian times go wild, dude. I mean, the reason why he got the best hoopers out here is because he was taking them out to the strip clubs. 
He was making sure they were well taken care of at all these hotels. All right. They had their housing paid for. And this was in 1990. Jerry Tarkanian is just a genius. But you know what the thing is? The coaches are afraid to be the ones to do it. Because in order for people to buy into your program, it has to be the coach. Mm. And it's tough to do. Barry Odom, first year, he wins. Year two, you better be box seats with Mark Davis. You better be That's what everywhere I'm saying, in the, bro. Like, the players should be living an exclusive lifestyle. And there's <clears throat> no easier place to do it than here. Yeah. And it's it's... It's sickening because, bro, you bringing that up, and it, it, it's a take that locals in Las Vegas have had since the whole fiasco that was Jerry Tarkanian because it was looked at negatively. Well, well, here's the thing. The reason why I was thinking about this is because now, obviously, I live in Vegas, so I kind of right. have like a dog in the race, and I'm just seeing it, and I'm looking at Vegas how, dude, it's the entertainment capital of the world. It's only growing as a city. There's all these casinos. You just go to the casinos and be like, yo, bro, let's get the number. We can have the number one program in two years. Basketball, football, uh, any other program you want. And we're just going to buy all the players because now it's not as far-fetched as it was in the 90s because it, oh, yeah. it was like hush-hush. Like people knew that they were getting paid to go to school, but now yeah. it's like out in the open. Right. And be like, yo, bro, listen, you come, you come, you go to the number one quarterback in the country it, down in, I don't know, fucking Texas. And you just go, yo, bro. Here's $2 million from the win. Right. You're going to go to every night. You're going to go to excess whenever you want. You'll go to every pool party whenever you want. Yep. You're not paying for shit. Yep. And from there, we're going to get you the the next Marvin Harrison Jr. We're going to throw him half a mil. Yep. And then before you know, you have five-star recruits everywhere. And then you play your games at Allegiant. It feeds. You, it, right? You have, you have the dudes going to... Yo, Drake is performing. Here's the quarterback with Drake at the win. Yeah. Or here's the the top athletes on stage yeah. with all the DJs that we have at all these places. Yeah. But it's it's just not done. Yeah. It's and so it's so here's dumb. The thing. It should UNLV, be done. And and it's not necessarily a um football or all sports on the West Coast, bro. They're looked at just tremendously differently. Mm. Oregon. SC, I think those are the only two that do it correctly, where it's, they're going to be making a crazy amount of money. They're going to get all the gear, all the luxurious lifestyle that they want. I mean, these USC transfers live in a penthouse in downtown Los Angeles for free and they get a car and they get the bag on top of it. But now you look at all the teams that are out South or in the Midwest, it's, they are living the life of a rock star. Like I know without a doubt, just so you know that this is the way it operates. Like a player will get something sent to him on a Monday saying, I need you to do these things, make an Instagram post about this, go to uh, this event. I need you to, you know, read books to kids at this place on these days at this time in order for you to receive your NIL money. You see how easy that is? They get a fucking checklist sent to them. But at UNLV, for example, you are having to do this all on your own or, you know, you have to go into getting an agent, mm. which these kids can't afford because they don't get paid that much. UNLV just lost their best quarterback since Randall Cunningham. And UNLV, if they don't find a fucking top-notch recruit or transfer, they're not going to win the Mountain West next year. And that kid was a local. Yeah. 
And if you lose him, oh, bro, like it, it, you, we are on a <clears throat> downward spiral. We haven't figured out shit. Yeah, I just thought it'd be it's so crazy. I just think it's so possible to just go to all the, bro, how many casinos are there in Vegas? You're talking 30? 30, yeah, yeah. easily. Get new ones popping up all the time. Get two million from each of them every year. And you call it the the Las Vegas Casino NIL Pact. And these kids yeah. are responsible because, I, okay, so I don't necessarily blame UNLV for, you know, they just haven't won a lot, right? So they don't have the stars that attract casinos. Because when you have Drake, then Jordan Maiava, the quarterback, you know, People know him. People will be like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. It's important to get, have them there, which is what UNLV needs to do. But, I mean, $2 million, Nick. Just think about how much a casino makes in a week. Bro, it's I read such somewhere a, it's that a drop casinos, in the bucket. I read somewhere that casinos, like the ones that are on the strip, like the big name ones, make 2 to $3 million in profit a day. A right. A day. Think about that. So that's... So dedicate one week a year to, to the NIL package. <clears throat> Bro, you'd have the number one program in the country. Like, not even remotely. I, th- I still think, you know. And you, get okay, a dope, so and you get a dope head coach. With, yes. You get, like, a Lincoln Riley. Like, yeah. someone with swag, you know. Yeah, Barry Odom does not have swag. Yeah, you get, like, yeah, a Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. You oh, got, he would thrive in Vegas. That, that's a wild boy. <laughs> Kingsbury. Yeah. I don't even know what he's doing Cliff now. Cliff Kingsbury but, would have his post-game show oh, at, at Spearman. Bro, yeah, at have Sapphire. He would have his interviews. That's where he's, he's like, going. Yeah, I know we're usually <clears throat> at uh, at the Tuscany, but we're going to move. Yeah, yeah, we're doing all that shit out of Sapphire. <laughs> fucking Rhino, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a thought, man. I, I would love... And, and you being a I local... I want them and, to do yeah. it, Nick. I literally... One of my ex-teammates had uh, shared the Las Vegas Review Journal about the the quarterback that I've been talking about, and he played quarterback. And I'm like, we need to start a GoFundMe. I literally said that. I'm like, you you can't lose kids like that that would have dominated for the next three years in the Mountain West. I mean, if you won the Mountain West, your true freshman season, and he wasn't even supposed to be the starter. He comes in as a backup, kid gets hurt. I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. But I mean, you okay? So you know, we just—they have to allocate all their budget too to all the players. Like you know, we can't afford to pay him one point two million dollars. A lot of the other kids would never see anything. But that's that's. But we fix that with the casino. I thought about doing this. I'm not even lying. Where you are the person that are is closing the deals for like colleges, like. For, for companies and, you know, going out there and, and selling, like, certain packages and, and a, you know, a dream. But, like I said, casinos are very tough to compete with in that regard because the casino can do whatever they want. That's what I'm saying. And so you have to make yourself appealing <clears throat> enough to be in a casino. Yep. And you know he hasn't done that since the 90s. Tough. 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 Leave us your thoughts at Veterans Minimum, what you guys think about this. All right. Let's talk about, I had this idea for a segment because <clears throat> everyone knows about the NFL MVP and all these awards and whatnot. So I want to run through these awards with you, George. And I want you to tell me who you think is going to win and who you think should win. And mm-hmm. we'll make a case for each of them. Now, there are certain scenarios where I think the answer applies in both. For example, I'll lead us off. I think defensive rookie of the year is definitely Jalen Carter. He should win it, and he's going to win it. 
but you have the dude from the Rams who, you know, has kind of, I, what I was reading is that he wasn't a first round draft pick. His name is uh, Kobe, Kobe Turner. Turner. He's coming at five to one. That defensive rookie of the year is the tightest race out of all the awards. Like without a doubt. I think everything else is pretty solidified. You know, what's really interesting about both, both Houston and the Rams, the two leading favorites. Well, not, not leading because Jalen Carter plays for the Eagles. the Eagles, but Will Anderson, he's the second favorite. Kobe Turner, the third favorite for defensive rookie of the year. And then on the flip side, on the offense, CJ Stroud, uh, Texans, and then Puka Nakua, Rams. So like these teams have hit on their draft picks, which is really dope to see moving forward and building, especially when you look at a team like the Rams who haven't had a first round pick. And that's why I think they're such a fascinating team. And dude, I'd be really nervous if you're a Lions, a Cowboys. Like, there's having to host a playoff game against the Rams right now who are on this crazy streak. They're playing really well. Even the game they lost to the Ravens, they gave the Ravens their best matchup and had them deal with the most adversity. And they're healthy. Yeah. And Stafford can sling with anybody. I mean, when you put your bet in, you got to just always keep in mind it, it really matters how much experience your coach has yeah. and how much experience your quarterback has. And that's a dangerous duo, the Rams mm. right there. A lot of those young studs, you, you said you have Puka. Uh, well, I know we're, we've been bouncing around. Let's stay at defensive rookie of the year, right? Do you agree, so, though, that it's it's going to be Jalen Carter and it should be? Yes. Kobe Turner also has the same amount of sacks. So it, it, it's just like one of those things where uh, – you know, being drafted in the first round has really helped him. Right. And that's a, that's a tough spot to be. Also, it's kind of a dream spot to play defensive tackle next to Aaron Donald because you know you're going to be in one-on-one situations all the time. <clears throat> so It's unbelievable how often this happens with awards where, and it's so awfully reminiscent to college football. You have to be winning late. Mm. But with these awards, it's a little different because Jalen Carter, CJ Stroud were so far ahead week eight, nine. That guys have caught up to them, but they didn't have the same aura that those guys came in. Like, right. It's hard for CJ Stroud not to win offensive rookie of the year when he was an MVP candidate. Right. <clears throat> but my question is, and again, these markets are really hard to bet on because they're subjective. Right, We haven't even gotten to the most subjective one, which is comeback player of the year. But staying with offensive rookie of the year and just staying with awards in general. Up until the last two weeks, Lamar was under his past touchdowns for the year. It was like 25 and a half. He just got to 24. So he's still under. Mm. He's like not top 10 in yards. But he's had these monster wins against Super Bowl contenders in big spots. Mm -hmm. And that was my argument all year that it doesn't feel like he was an MVP. Right. I think the MVP should be week one to 18. Who's been the best player at that position? And I'm not saying it's McCaffrey because like, you know, he got hurt last week. Correct. He's not going to play this week. But I'm saying for me, that's always been what I'm weighing. And mm -hmm. the only one that I think is really close 
is Offensive Rookie of the Year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Am I biased because I have a bet pending on Puka Nakua? Yeah, I wouldn't argue against it. But he's, I wish Stafford was playing this week because he could break the receptions and the yardage record you're, for yeah. this year. For you're, rookies. You're in a perfect spot right here because here's the thing. CJ Stroud could have a catastrophic collapse. Yeah. And that can be the final thing and, that people have on their head. And it's prime time on Saturday. Everyone's watching that the game. Colts, Everyone has their money on that game. It's a it's a it's a loser least town match, pretty 100%. much. The winner of 100%. that is gonna potentially win the AFC South or at least make the playoffs. And the Texans are going to play in Indy. And yeah, you're right. Like it's <clears throat> dude, I I'm gonna tell you right now. I mean, that's just a huge spot for a rookie quarterback. I mean, the pretenses, you're playing late into the season. He's already been banged up. I I just I know th- here's the thing. Things will go way worse for CJ Stroud than it would ever be for Puka Nakua because Puka Nakua could have a five reception, 75 yard game and two touchdowns. Or maybe let's just say five catches, 75 yards, no touchdowns. That's still a low game if you're trying to win the offensive rookie of the year award. But then CJ Stroud can lose his team a playoff spot can do it in a, you know, a a fashion in which he throws red zone interceptions or he fumbles. I guarantee you I see a fumble like CJ Stroud extending a play. Um, I, that one right now I saw you got Caesars can get Puka Nakua at 14 to one. You see that's late. That upsets me. So, okay. But no, no, that was the best odd you can find. Right, right, right. All right. Consensus was like four to one, which is a really Good spot to be, yeah. in my opinion. For something that with with CJ Stroud, it can go it go <clears> bad. So Puka needs 29 yards to break one of the NFL's oldest records. Wow. In 1960, 1960, Bill Groman of the Houston Oilers. Like Puka needs 29 yards. Uh, he's topped that in 14 of his 16 games. So basically he just needs to be average and he'll be fine. Um, now, do they not play him in this game? Which I think is being weighed into these numbers. Because the Rams are known for not playing their starters anyway. We were talking about that before, right? Yeah. And they've already announced that Carson Wentz isn't going to play. Do you risk that to put him out there? And I think that's going to hurt him. But again, I talk about this all the time, George. There are some times where you make bets that you know you're going to lose, 
but you make the bets because the numbers are wrong. When I was recording this show with my buddy Bo, who was sitting right there, I was sitting there and Josh was here. <clears throat> and we were talking about CJ Stroud. I was like, yeah, I feel like it's a two-man race. Like, CJ is probably going to win it, but Puka should be like plus 600, plus 800. I saw 30 to 1. I was like, yo, that's a mistake. I made that bet. Did it get as close to 3 to 1? Yeah. I felt, I still feel good about it. But these are subjective. These are people votes. Yeah. People are voting on these. Do you know in New York State, you're not allowed to bet on awards? Really? Yeah. You have to physically drive into Jersey to be able to bet awards because it's that subjective. Yeah. One of the legislations that went down with New York State for legalizing sports betting was there can't be a judgment call. Hmm. People could vote on MVP. And it's not Do like. I think it's because a lot of voters are residents of New York? No, it's not that a lot of voters me. are residents of New York, but it's <clears throat> two years ago when the guy said he wasn't going to vote for Aaron Rodgers because of his COVID stance. And he was like, but then it turned out that this guy's a beat reporter for the Chicago Bears. It's like, uh, dude, Rodgers has been smoking you for 20 years. Right. And that got weighed into it. So there's a personal bias. There's a personal vendetta you might have against some player. Maybe you go to interview someone one day and they're like, yeah, bro, I don't want to talk to you. And you're like, oh, fuck this guy. I'm never going to vote for him for MVP. Well, that, that's the, that's the thing. And Nick, I would love to do this show with you long enough to see the day where they're like, we want those two to vote. And that took, that comes with a lot of, you know, film watching and, and knowledge of the game. And you need to be a journalist at a, at a credible level. You know what I mean? I, I think podcasts will eventually, you know, get the pass. Not going to lie. Uh, it's so easy to control the narrative in your favor. Tell me this isn't the most rigged spot in all of sports betting is these NFL awards because it really comes down. You know exactly who's voting. And are, so now is the NFL tracking these guys to make sure that they're not putting shit down? Yeah, you're not allowed to. Yeah. You're not, I mean, you're clearly, not allowed to. But, but that <clears throat> spot is, I don't know, I feel... Uh, <laughs> So, okay, if they're not allowed to, are they allowed to put any bets in at all? I don't have the answer to that. We need to, we need to get yeah. somebody on. I would it. love to. I would love to. Yeah. But I don't know if they would want to share that, too. The dirty little secrets dirty of the NFL. Secrets. Yeah. <laughs> so, offensive rookie of the year, I don't think it should be C.J. Stroud. Because I think week one to now, Puka's been better. And anytime you're about to or have set a record of some kind, I think that means more than what like CJ Stroud has done. I mean, CJ Stroud has put on uh, incredible runs and he, he is for a while there, he was the linchpin until Devin Singletary got going to kind of carry the load in both sides. But I mean, like if bro, CJ, they, CJ Stroud throws a ball deep. Well, like, CJ Stroud, right? 3,800 yards passing 21 touchdowns, five interceptions. It's not like Puka, Puka's probably not going to play. I'm reading the reports and it's going to be really upset. No. But yeah, they're probably going to sit him. But the case remains. Right. If, if Puka was to set the records and then CJ Stroud, like, all right, they exceeded expectations, but he didn't break Herbert's record. He didn't break Cam Newton's record. He didn't have a record setting season Here. where the other guy did. That's what I mean, where mm -hmm. it's subjective. And he played conservative. He played really conservative throughout the first part of his year. I mean, we, we praised him for it, but at the same time, they were losing ball games, and he wasn't throwing right, interceptions. He had like nine touchdowns, no it was picks. Like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 
okay, this doesn't really make any sense. And then he started slinging the rock yeah. and then things changed. And yeah. do you think Anthony Richardson, if healthy, would have uh, gave him a run for his money? Uh, it's hard to tell, man. And I think it hurts First them that, that they, they ended up still having a chance to make the playoffs and play better. Like, I think the Colts, um, Steichen. Yeah. Coach of the year for me. Mm. Yeah. Taking a team, putting them in contention. Oh my God. I just lied to you. I forgot about Stefanski. Okay. Stefanski no, no, had four quarterbacks, that, bro. Okay. No, no. Cause I've heard this, this argument. I've heard this argument. So you're telling me it takes you having injuries happen to find the quarterback of the franchise. That's not coach of the year for me. Here's the thing that would have made him coach of the year. If Miles Garrett goes down game two. Yeah. That's way different. We know, and I mean, Nick Chubb was a huge blow, but at the end of the day, we know Miles Garrett is the best player on that team, and he still had that defense intact, and he just found a game manager. And the I'm not like trying to, to slight, you know, what he's been able to accomplish in getting this team like still motivated week in and week out, but how can you not give it to Dan Campbell, who? Literally did something that hasn't been done since black and white television. Yeah. Nick. Dude, I think this is the most. That's crazy. This is the coolest race because you have Dan Campbell mm -hmm. wins a division for the first time in 30 years. You have Stefanski who had four different quarterbacks. You have a guy like, I think Matt LaFleur too. You get a brand new quarterback. Now it's the LaFleur system. And dude, Jordan Love is like top three in touchdown passes this year. He's, he's thrown over 30. Yeah, he's really picked up like he's, at the end yeah, of the year. And then you have, obviously, you have Steichen. You know, D'Amico Ryans also. Right. So, <clears throat> I think there's five candidates that all, I'd be like, yo, you know, it's cool. Like, last year, I bet Kevin O'Connell, mm -hmm. Ryan Dable won it. I think both were, were yeah, great Kevin candidates. Kevin would have been a great yeah. you know, <clears throat> spot. Had, yeah, Dave, but I, I think... All right, Dable winning that shows you where their head's at. Tell me a, a, a Stefanski press conference that you remember. I'll wait. Okay, tell me a Dan Campbell press conference you remember. All of them. Yes. Yeah. It's like watching Trump at a debate. You can't take your eyes off it. It's captivating, yeah. Yes. He says the punchlines. He gives you, you know, a couple he's bars fucking, to use a hip-hop reference. Chewing gum. He spits his gum into, like, yeah. a, a chewing tobacco. His teeth look like a pirate. Do, do they not? That's... If you had Don't to do you into back. And if you know the answer, then you know the answer. Do you know who the favorite is to win coach of the year? Stefanski. Stefanski. And yeah. then it's D'Amico Ryans, Steichen, Dan Campbell, and then John Harbaugh. <clears throat> I think you can make a case for McVay too. Right? Yeah. They were supposed to be a team that was going to win what, four games, everyone thought? Yes. And now and now look at them. Like that's a great turnaround. So I think this is the most captivating uh conversation. I think the guy that wins it is also the guy that I think should win it. And it's Stefanski. You're with yeah, Dan I mean, I mean, I here's the thing. I just can't, I can't see how Stefanski was the like the deciding factor on, on that team's path. Like he just doesn't feel like he laid an imprint. And like I, I mean, Dable winning it the year before tells you everything you need to know. It could not be a bad spot to put some money on a coach that's been memorable. Um, but yeah, okay. What about the the one that? is getting the most controversy right now. 
And I need to know how you honestly feel about comeback player of the year. Uh, especially this year is the the weirdest one. You got Tamar Hamlin, who is odds on favorite. I mean, people were making memes of it over the summer. I mean, dude, I, I was on here saying that I hate using the L word in sports betting lock. Mm. It's the biggest lock, I think, in in sports betting was he was minus 300 to win mm-hmm. comeback player of the year. All he needed to do was just step on the field. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. <clears throat> now, this is, you know how I've been talking about these awards are subjective? This is the most subjective. Yeah. What, in your mind, justifies comeback player of the year? What is your criteria? A player who way over exceeded last year's stat line or uh, came back off of a, a layoff, so whether it be an injury. Uh, but I just need to see substantial growth in a significant role on whatever team you're playing. To me, like, this is a person that can win a variety of the other awards. Maybe they're, like, fifth or sixth place in the in the odds. Um, but it's it's just something that they've made that big of a jump. Now, this year, there's really one person that made a huge leap. And it all happened, Nick, after I saw Josh Dobbs at UFC 290 at T-Mobile. I saw him and I was like, you're a problem, kid. You're a problem, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs went off this year. Yeah, he played really well, yeah. And not only for one team, for two teams. And in just unprecedented circumstances, uh, he was a covering machine for the Cardinals. And then those first couple of weeks, I mean, 48 hours notice for the Vikings to come in and get a win. He did it longer than Flacco did. Okay. Because I know Flacco is the next person we're going to talk about. And I don't think there's been a a, a single player that has made more of a, a stamp in the NFL this year than he did. And it sucks that his injury came at the end of the season. Yeah. That's the thing that I think hurts him. That's an interesting pick. I didn't even have him on my radar because I thought you were going to go with your boy Baker. I did say he was the X factor. Uh, How is Baker Mayfield the not the, the comeback player of the year? There's a guy who got cut off two teams last year. I mean, cut or really just the court. It didn't align. He was good enough, but he didn't align with McVay's system. Right, right. And yeah. like that can't. He, yeah, you're right. That's not fair, but. He was awful last year. And then this year, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, probably going to have over 4,000 yards. He has 3,900 now because they're in a sort of must, must win game. Right. And you're Tampa Bay. You're probably saying to yourself, yo, we'll run it back with with Baker again next year. Why not? Of course. As long as Mike Evans is there, everything, justice will will be restored. It'll be fine. So to me, like, I think he's a great candidate. Right now, the odds are minus 200, minus 250. For Demar Hamlin, right, who has two tackles this year, played 17 defensive snaps, 94 special team snaps, and then you have Joe Flacco at plus 185, plus 200, and <clears throat> this is a crazy comeback. Dude wasn't even in the league this year. He's also been bad for like six years. Yeah, he was one and 19 against the spread at one oh. point. Yeah, he was awful. This is Joe Flacco we're talking about. And yeah. now, and now, the Baltimore Ravens have the one seed, and every Ravens fan, our boy Jack was in here. We were talking to him. He's like, I don't want, I don't want to play Flacco. What? This guy was on his couch six weeks ago on his couch, bro. 
that's the and thing. And now they're, they might be, honestly, because of how good that defense is, I think they're the only team that could beat Baltimore. And as mm. much as I love Buffalo, as much as I love Buffalo, they know them well. They beat them in Baltimore with Deshaun Watson, but now you got the Flacco aura. Like, bro, if anyone saw Flacco win the way he did with the third and 12, I'm going to throw it up to Torrey Smith and Dennis Pitta's of the world. Right. Jacoby Jones, they, they, the Ravens fans saw them win a Super Bowl like that. And the fear that he's put into Ravens fans and honestly, the whole AFC, bro, like they're going to be a some bitch to beat. Isn't it nuts that he's only played five games this year? Yeah. And he was, you know, he, they're on a four-game winning streak. And I mean, the game, the game he came back, he had 254 yards, two touchdowns, one pick against the Rams. Yeah. But, all right, look, he had that other game against Chicago where he threw two touchdowns, had three interceptions. But those picks were not, like, devastating interceptions. Right. You know, like, he's he's been playing well, really well. And... I, I think for me, it's what do you justify as a comeback player of the year? And I think one of the reasons why it's going to be DeMar Hamlin is because we literally saw this dude die practically on the field, bro. I know. And I don't, I, I, it's, isn't it a little bit crazy to you how much of a story has been built up? Do you, like, wh- why do you think this is? Do you think this is a, a money time to catch DeMar Hamlin at crazy low odds? Because, I think the sports books in a, in a way can possibly control the media in a sense where they are without a doubt going to give it to DeMar Hamlin, but they need to cause just a much con a little bit of controversy to get some betting on, to the, get other some side. Betting on the other side. It could be because I see when I brought up Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs is at four to one Flacco's at, you know, two to one plus one eighty. I see at Caesars, DeMar's at minus 125 right now. That might be the lowest that number's been all year. Yeah, easily, easily. I mean, he was minus 300. When he stepped on the field, it ballooned up to minus 5,000, meaning $5,000 won you 100. It's very interesting. It is. It is, and I think, I don't want to say that there's no wrong answer with who they give it to. I get it why you would give it to DeMar Hamlin, but, I mean, you just got to, I don't know if you give it a Flacco and then just call it the DeMar Hamlin Award. Like, that could be something interesting huh. where you dedicate the award, you name it after him. But because, like, now, and I don't know if you saw this, the in season tournament, the the winner of that, the MVP, is the LeBron James MVP. No, it's not. <clears throat> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. They announced this? Yeah. So Who it's. Kn- it was, was it Adam Silver? I would love to watch that press conference. Oh my God. Stop. I'm almost confident. Is this the first time this has ever been done? You can't do this. You give, you create the name, you change the name of the award oh, after the players finish. I stand corrected. Oh, thank I God. I stand corrected. He won it. And then there's been a heavy push <laughs> by former players to call. All right, there's been a heavy that. push by LeBron James's team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely. this should be called. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be Rich weird Paul. if you're still playing and they dedicate the award to you. But yeah. All right, I want Demar Hamlin. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be Demar Hamlin, but I think it should be Joe Flacco. That's what that's what I'm leaving on. All right, a couple more. I want to give ourselves a pat on the back. Yep, because right now Christian McCaffrey is minus three fifty to be Offensive Player of the Year. The beginning of the year, he was my pick for 
Offensive Player of the Year at 20 to 1. Gave him out on the preview show, gave him out on the, the betting prop show. And honestly, bro, I made that bet because of you. I did make an appealing case, my friend. The reason why was because as I was looking at the odds, when we were talking about him potentially being the only guy we would want to bet on to win MVP, that's a non-quarterback. When we finish the show, I'm just looking at the odds and I'm saying to myself, dude, we want to bet him for MVP. 20 to 1 for Offensive Player of the Year is fucking dope. Yeah. And now he's minus 350. So we definitely definitely had that one. Um, and if you listened, you know, like Kenny was super outspoken about Lamar, gave that out at 23 to one. Kenny bets big. Mm-hmm. And now with offensive player of the year, I think it's going to be McCaffrey and it should be McCaffrey. Yeah. No, I, I, dude, we've been riding this, uh, this horse hard. It, it surprised me with, uh, the lack of a strong start that like CD lamb wasn't on my radar at the beginning of the year because that is one player that I think had he started strong, very similar to how Tyree kill kind of like just put everybody on notice. Uh, CD lamb just did it too late in the season, but CD lamb was the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Like Tony Pollard was nowhere. I think in oh my, my head, God, terrible in my head, Pollard. dude, I was like, Tony Pollard is definitely going to be, It'll be way more of a 60-40, you know, passing 60% of the time, running 40% of the time. And it is, they are an 80-20 offense. Yeah. Like, they are air raid. Mm. Dak Prescott is throwing the ball 50 times. And, I mean, the Cowboys, the Cowboys picked right with CD. I mean, that is a memorable Cowboys receiver. If he keeps doing this for a couple of years, he'll go down in, in history like how all those other, you know, Cowboy receivers do. Yeah. You see him all at the, the little ring of honor ceremony they oh, did yeah. for Jimmy Johnson. Dude, Michael Irvin still looked like he can go out there. And, oh, yeah, dude. I, I, the, he's, whatever sauce he's on, get, make sure I'm on that sauce Fuck at yeah. the age of 50. Fuck yeah. All right, let's wrap the show talking about MVP. <clears throat> the MVP is going to go to Lamar. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should be MVP. And I think... It's going to surprise you who I think the MVP should be this year. All right, let's see how shocked I am. It's not McCaffrey. Because everyone knows that I have the 50-1 to and the 150-1 to to win MVP. The 2023 NFL MVP should be Patrick Mahomes. Stop. Can I make a case? Go ahead, man. He's not going to win it. Jesus He's not going to win it. What? But Pat Mahomes should be the MVP. I'm going to do... His numbers... 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 4,100 yards. They're 10 and 6. How bad have his receivers been? Yes. 40, 40 graded catchable passes per PFF that were dropped this year. Lead the league. And look, we're talking about, we're talking about like right here, bro. Right? I do remember some game winners. We're talking about right here. Now, did some digging. Five of his interceptions were tip balls on these dropped passes, right? So that gets deducted from 14 to nine. Mm -hmm. Six of them were dropped touchdowns. That goes from 27 to 33, right? So you're looking at 33 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and three more wins. They're 13 and three. His numbers below past Lamar's, 
the team is the one seed. And I think with what he had to deal with this year, I think Pat Mahomes should be the NFL MVP. Are back you done? to back. Are you done? I am done, yeah. Do you not like you it? You can't lose in division to the Broncos <laughs> and the Raiders and win an MVP award. Yeah. You hey. sound clinically insane right now. Hey, that's a 10-8. You're right. You're right. All that being said, this is on you, Kansas City receivers. Oh, you did this. This is on you. You did this. You guys are ruining his career. Yeah. And I don't know if he got you guys uh, toys and trinkets at Christmas time, but he shouldn't have. And whatever he bought for you, you better pay him back triple. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, too, uh, I think all of them are going to get cut. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Complete rebuild. I mean. Except for Rice. Rice has been good, and he hasn't had. Yeah. Like, he only has two drops on the year. And, you know, he's a rookie. Like, how much? But you're talking about, like, yo, MVS against Philly. Tony in the first game. And then you're right, dude. It's also on the organization. Yeah. How do you not make a move at the deadline? Like, you probably could have gone D-hop. Give up a second round pick, bro. Who cares? That second round pick, that guy might not be in the league after. Yeah. Buy in. Get, and especially Kelsey. Kelsey, like, it's wild that Taylor Swift is getting a lot of blame. Have you seen the Kansas City stuff? Like, everyone's blaming everyone. Taylor Swift. Yeah. But, like, Kelsey got, Kelsey aged six years in a three-week span. <laughs> like, he just, out of nowhere, my friend Josh from back home, he's been on the show a bunch in the past. We were just talking. He's like, bro, it looks like Kelsey's 43 years old not 34 like over within like after right. the Germany trip right teams were not they're not even double teaming them anymore bro they're just like oh yeah you're not gonna get open now when he catches passes I'm like wow he caught a pass that's yeah. crazy bro that's crazy right. to me right I'm, I'm gonna tell you I, I witnessed I witnessed Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs uh, when they came down here and they played the Raiders yeah and they I'm there there has been a lack of respect um just shown to that entire receiving core they dude i'm gonna be honest with you they will give you a favorable number in the playoffs and i think we should have some confidence in it mm. because it's gonna be like although tom brady has you know wes welker and gunner oshaleksky and you know some insert weak ass wide receivers name here it's still tom brady and bill belichick this is still patrick mahomes and Andy Reid. So their lack of success can definitely give us a good number come playoff they, time. They could. They could. It's going to yeah. be interesting because these playoffs are going to be the first time that it's not going to go through Arrowhead. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be the number one seed. Yep. Every year that he's been in the league, it's gone through Arrowhead. They've hosted every single AFC title game. And look, for as much as people have been dumping on Travis Kelsey, if his name wasn't Travis Kelsey, you'd be like, holy shit, he had a monster year for a tight end. 93 catches, 984 yards, five touchdowns. Like, that's what? Nice. That's that's a crazy season. But when it's Kelsey and he's had 110 for 1,312, he's had 105, 1,411, 103, 1,310. Yeah. You know, 83, 1,008. Like, that's where. I do, I do want to, I want you to just take a second to think about, like, they were throwing double teams. out. There was no need, bro, this year to guard those receivers. Like, yeah. Like, so he, he experienced a lot more, uh, I would say, garbage type routes where, you know, the defense is willing to give up a five yarder here, but it wasn't as many Kelsey hitting a crosser for 20 yards 
on like a, you know, a second and five where you're like, oh shit, you know, he's, he's the man. Patrick Mahomes, uh, what can he do? Do you think the MVP award should be given out after the season is fully over and they analyze the playoff body of work as well? I think every mistake that every league makes is that they wait a month and in some cases six weeks to give out the award because mm. it never ages well. 100% agree. Embiid was the MVP last year. But then when they get bounced in the second round and Jokic goes on to win the title, he gets shitted on. Right. It's the same thing that happens with Aaron Rodgers. He was the MVP those years. And then they get bounced in the divisional round. It's like, ah, oh, he ain't the MVP. They need to, the moment the season ends, because they have the NFL awards night. It's the Saturday before the Super Bowl. Right. Why not just have it next week? Right? Yep. You give everyone an extra bye week. Everyone rest. You, yeah. you just played 18 games, bro. It was an 18-week season. Right. You have your awards. You celebrate the league. You give out the MVP right then and there. You give out all your awards. And then after that, you go, you play your playoffs. You have all that. And then whatever happens, happens. I think that's what they would do. They'd be able to market it. They'd mm -hmm. be able to <clears throat> sell a lot of tickets. They'd get a big number, right? Get a big rating. It's like, oh, shit, we're going to announce everything now. And then you don't have that. Oh, we made a mistake yeah. in, the, in the press yeah. afterwards. Yeah, like why do they announce the NBA MVP during the conference finals, bro? It's like two months later. Right. I think you just take the next weekend. It's a celebration of your league, no matter what the uh, sport, because hockey does it. Yeah. Uh, baseball, I think they wait like. You're about to experience it here with uh, NCAA, dude, and the Heisman. Yeah. Michael Penix came in third in the Heisman race. Right. And he can potentially win the national championship. Right. But Penix, they did that, like, right when the season ended. Correct. Right, right, right. Correct. So it still, it, 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 you know, is analyzing that body of work really well. Yeah. But then I, it still can age well if the person who didn't win goes on to... Go ballistic. Know, like, right, yeah, right. Yeah. And which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to take Michael Penix as the first overall pick, I think the time is now. Oh. Uh, that was something that... It kind of just came to my head, you know, you, you don't win the Heisman Award. Then, you know, everyone's doubting you against Texas. You go on and having a, a monster performance. He looked like an NFL quarterback. Oh, check this out. 50 to 1 to be the number one pick. I'm telling you the time is now because as soon as he wins the natty, it is going to cut in half for sure. Do you know that I bet the year Kyler Murray came out, I bet that the number one pick was going to be Kyler Murray when Arizona got the number one pick because I watched this video on YouTube of Kingsbury talking about Kyler when he was in high school. And he was like, this kid is a stud. I want him. Right. I want him on my team, all this stuff. And I was like, hmm, 25 to 1. Only threw like 20 bucks, but it was cool. Uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook in Atlantic City. I wanted to cash that ticket. I like this one. I like, I like this one too. I like this one a lot because I'm not just saying that just because of this last performance, I'm already envisioning, bro, the fucking pro day highlight of him running a, you know, the play action, chucking the ball 80 yards. It's going to look good on a 6-2. You know what upsets me with him? What? Doesn't run the rock. I don't like that he's a lefty. Stop it. I, we'll stop doing the show right now. If you don't like lefties. <laughs> it bothers me. Oh, you're a lefty. <laughs> That's not cool, man. It bothers me that he's a lefty. Yeah, I mean, 
uh, Michael Vick. You ever heard of him? I have, yeah. Tua, yeah. Tua is a lefty also, yeah, but you know, it's just like the rotation of the football is different. Like it goes this way, and then it. I don't know. It, it, it's weird. I'm a weird guy, bro. Listen, I'm I'm weird. What can we do? Take it back. Uh, l- let me tell you this. <laughs> um, right now, first round quarterbacks in 2024. <clears throat> the over under is three and a half. Would you go over or under? Projected Caleb, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. Uh, for first three quarterbacks taken? Not not the order, but the amount. But, uh, amount of quarterbacks. Because I'm there's two that you didn't list that will get taken before them. One is Penix. And the other one's Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Yeah, but Bo Nix yeah. is like 40, bro. He's 24. Stetson Bennett is 25 years old. He will be the Rams' best backup. Bo Nix is the oldest 23-year-old of all time. Damn. Yeah, he'll be he'll be twenty four February twenty fifth. So you're right. At the time when he gets drafted, he'll be twenty four. Yeah, yeah. So uh, by the way, on that number, give me uh, under under, and it'll the hook will save you on that one. Okay. There's a lot of other teams <clears throat> that you know are gonna try to fill other spots, but that's without even me looking. The main thing you need to do is Michael Penix, first overall pick, fifty to one. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm putting go, this in. I'm going to bet that also. And we're going to clip it and see what happens. Beautiful. All right. Let's wrap up the show with some Patreon. Shout out to the members of the Patreon. We're at 75 members, active members right now. Oh, it's growing strong. Going to do something cool for the Super Bowl. And got a lot of exciting stuff. And shout out to all the members of the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. <clears throat> we got Mahul Patel, Abel Rezin, Ben Coltsian, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Plates, Dylan Chadwick, Jerry Shapiro, Jordan Riley, Mike Stevens, Mike Wozniak. Nick Crummage and Thomas Robinson. As you can see here on the screen, if you're watching this on YouTube, we have a one, five, ten dollar tier. One dollar, you can just help, you know, just support. One dollar, you won't even realize that on your statements. Five dollars, you get access to the Discord. You get all the betting picks. Ten dollars, you get monthly giveaways. Twenty dollars, you get the shout outs that we just read. You get discount off the merch store, merchandise.veteransminimum.com. And then forty dollars, honestly, you're just a crazy SOB. And we got a couple of you in there. So it's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. Thank you all for the support. Thank you all for the support with the show. Just in general, it's been really, really dope. I'm excited for the playoffs leading all the way to the Super Bowl. And then what we got cooking up this offseason. At Nick Day, as tenders, you can find me. All things veterans minimum are at veterans minimum. George. At Mr. George Carmona is where you can find me. And uh, who dat, baby? Who dat going into this weekend? Cheer for the Panthers, too. That's it. I like it. That's it, everybody. In his element, I'm a gold medalist. Bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat of venison. Death. Most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.